following program is brought to you by your friends at Podcast One. A factor that seems casual is claiming tens of thousands of LGBT lives every year. Tobacco. Yes, smoking cigarettes can damage nearly every part of our bodies. So we choose to keep this life free from tobacco. This free life. Freedom to be tobacco free. Welcome to the Forbes Sports Money Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Ozanian. On this show, we talk about the business of sports. For today's show, we hear Mike interview Gary Bettman, commissioner for the National Hockey League. It's the extended version of his Forbes Sports Money TV show on the Yes Network, conducted late last year. Gary, how did going to Cornell prepare you for your professional career? The Cornell Industrial and Labor Relations School, which is where I got my education, uh, made what I do possible. It's a curriculum that's designed to teach problem solving. It's, it's sort of like social engineering, and it enables you to figure out how to do anything, and most importantly, how to manage complex organizations, how to deal with constituent groups. Uh, it was a very well-rounded, uh, interesting, motivating curriculum, and uh, I'm grateful for having had the opportunity to spend four years there. And breaking away to say thank you to Amica Insurance, Veridesk, and Rocket Mortgage for their support of our show, Forbes Sports Money. More about those companies later in the show. Long time ago, you talked about the NHL being successful in the West, particularly the Southwest, Southeast. I thought you were wrong. It's the opposite. Looks like you're right. I'm wrong. The Nashville Predators in the finals last year. Did that solidify your belief that hockey fully can make it in the South? With all due respect, and thank you for the apology, I didn't need that belief to be solidified. Uh, The Dallas Stars have won the Stanley Cup. The Tampa Bay Lightning have won the Stanley Cup. The Anaheim Ducks have won the Cup. The Los Angeles Kings have won the Cup. Uh, Hockey does well wherever it is. Uh, but I'm glad you've finally seen the light. <laughs> uh, let's talk Las Vegas. Yes. Um, what does an NHL team in Las Vegas mean to you? Well, we were at a point in time where there were expressions of interest from a number of places in having an NHL team. Uh, Las Vegas is, is a city of surrounding two-plus million people. Uh, it is a major city. It was the only major city of that size, I believe, that didn't have a major league franchise in the U.S. Uh, brand new building, terrific owner in Bill Foley, a market, as we talked about, that while some people viewed it a little differently, we actually scoped it out and were very comfortable that the team would have an indigenous fan base. And perhaps as importantly, uh, this is a city with worldwide recognition, and I think it will raise the profile of hockey in the NHL. I often hear of uh, you or another commissioner when they talk about a new owner as being, you know, a, a, you know great potential as an owner. When, when you say that and when you look at a potential owner, what are the key things you look at? Well, first of all, you want to see what success they've had in their lives, what kind of uh, businesses uh, they've run. Uh, And obviously, with that, they have the financial resources to do it. In Bill Foley's case, he was passionate about hockey. He was passionate about bringing hockey to Las Vegas. 
And so the combination of what he represents as a successful businessman uh, and somebody who really had an incredible level of interest, uh, he had all the hallmarks of being someone who would be a great partner for the league. As you look at uh, the start of this season, how have the season tickets and sponsorship sales and the key sources of revenue for a team in a new arena gone for that team? Uh, great. Well, what, what happened was, as we were learning the market, uh, Bill Foley wanted to do a season ticket drive. And we thought that was a good idea because if this was going to be a franchise that would only be attended by visitors and tickets were only being bought by large companies or the casinos, it wasn't going to make it. That wasn't the type of experience we wanted. So we said, if you're going to do your ticket drive, do it not to any big businesses, not to the casinos, but go to the community, small businesses, individuals, and don't take accounts of more than eight tickets. And let's see what you got. And for a team that not only didn't exist and might never exist, I think somewhere between 15 and 16,000 season tickets were accounted for with deposits, and I think they've converted about 14,000. Uh, an extraordinary response, and when I would be in Las Vegas, either for business or the award show uh, or the expansion draft, the level of enthusiasm that you get from people you bump into, whether it's somebody driving a cab or somebody greeting you at a hotel or going into a restaurant, people were genuinely excited about having their first uh, professional sports franchise, and it's theirs. It's being birthed in Las Vegas, and fans are there from the inception. When we uh, announced the name of the team last November, there were five to 6,000 people that showed up just to hear the name. Fascinating. You know, okay, now here's uh, my rub. No. Oh, here we go. The cynicism. <laughs> no. no. No hockey in the next the Winter Olympics. I think the last five the NHL's participated in. Um, because too much of a disturbance in the season? It's, or, or inc what? it's incredibly disruptive to the season. It's the wear and tear on the players. It's breaking of the continuity of the season. We get to the stretch run. There's no football. There's no baseball. It's just us and basketball. And we disappear. And when I say disappear, it's part of the problem because we're not allowed to promote the fact that we're at the Olympics. We can't use game footage. We can't promote with the rings. It's as if we disappear. And frankly, uh, the owners of the franchises, the teams, decided that there's, there's no rational basis for enduring this type of disruption to our season. And what happens is it's not just a break of momentum. Our teams come back from the break in different shape. Some NHL teams will send a dozen players to the Olympic historically. Others might send one or two. Some teams come back fully rested. Some come completely banged up. And so the logistics of going halfway around the world where, again, we disappear and we can't even promote the fact that we're there is incredibly disruptive. And when the IOC then said, even though they may have subsequently changed their mind, we're not going to even pay your expenses, which they had done for the prior five Olympics. Overwhelming, the, overwhelmingly, the team said, what are we doing? This makes no sense. And we'll be right back after this quick break. It's the new year, and lots of us are at least thinking about ways in which we can be happier and healthier. Maybe we'll take in some yoga, 
cook up better dinners, or perhaps try a standing desk, like Veridesk. Veridesk turns your desk into a standing desk, so you're more active than sitting all day. Standing more and sitting less can lead to more energy, less back pain, and more productivity. Check out Veridesk risk-free for 30 days with free shipping both ways. See it for yourself at veridesk.com. That's V-A-R-I desk.com. Support for the Forbes Sports Money podcast and the following message comes from Amica Insurance. We're living in the age of the discerning shopper when savvy consumers increasingly favor brands that value authenticity, ethics, and a great shopping experience. Amica is committed to being a company people trust. Visit meetamica.com slash Forbes and find out why 95% of Amica customers with combined auto and home policy stay with them. One more time, that's meetamica.com slash Forbes to find out more about Amica Insurance. If some of those, you know, because I always think of it too, is one of the great things about hockey is it's truly international. You know, yes. in Europe, it's very big in Europe. Obviously, you have a lot of European stars. So it would seem like great, great branding for both sides if they, if they would let you promote they that, would, which doesn't they, mean, it, it, That kind of reminds me of the way it was years ago when, when the home teams, when, when they wouldn't put the home team on TV, you know, fearing that less people would come. And then they discovered that actually it increases interest. Well, I'm not, I'm not sure the two things are analogous. When we go to the Olympics, nobody knows it's us because, again, we can't promote the fact that we're there. We give up for three weeks of anonymity. And by the way, the time zones have the games coming back at less than ideal times. And so we give up three weeks of exposure on the 11 o'clock news, the reporting of the results. Yeah, no, of I'm game. saying I don't understand it from the IOC standpoint because you would think it would increase their brand awareness. I, you, you would have to discuss that with the IOC. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I believe our players are all committed to our season and to winning the Stanley Cup. That is the ultimate goal. And what's interesting is I was in China about three weeks ago. We have two teams in China right now playing exhibition games uh, in Shanghai and Beijing. And when I met with the country's minister of sport, we talked about developing the game of hockey uh, throughout and and. China, at least at the government level, has said that they're committed to getting 300 million new participants in winter sports, particularly hockey. And not once in any of the meetings, including with the Minister of Sports, did anybody ask about our Olympic participation. Because growing the game worldwide, particularly in markets where there's not a lot of hockey, is not dependent on two weeks every four years. That said, in 2022, the Winter Olympics are in Beijing, so that things could change then? Maybe the world will change by then. <laughs> we'll see. There's uh, new arenas in Detroit yes. opening up this season. Uh, phenomenal building. Edmonton last season. Yes. Calgary's hit a rough patch. Doesn't seems like it's kind of stalled right now uh, for various reasons. What is your take of the landscape for arenas in the NHL right now? And, and in particular, you know, I'm thinking also of the Islanders. There's some uncertainty there. Uh, what are the situations you'd like to see get settled? Well, Arizona needs a new arena, and they're working on it, and I'm optimistic. Ottawa's talking about moving downtown, which would be great. Uh, so they're going to be working on a new arena. Uh, the Islanders are working on arena that would be 
suited for hockey and perhaps in a better geographic location for their fan base, and I'm optimistic about that. And Calgary, um, I'm a little concerned about because I was out there. I was invited out by uh, the ownership group because they don't believe there's any prospect of getting a new building, and they've given up pursuing a new building, and they're going to hang on as long as they can because they do need a new building. There's nothing imminent that's going to happen, but they're done uh, trying to uh, effectuate a new building in Calgary. The increase in distribution of content over the top and for streaming. Yes. And how that's coincided sort of with the big deal with Rogers up in Canada. How has that played out for the NHL? It, it's played out great. Our, our deal with Rogers in Canada, uh, the $5 billion plus deal, which I think is the largest media deal in, in Canadian television history, uh, was the first time that I think any of the leagues completely bundled the rights. They bought the content and they bought it across all pl platforms so that in the course of a 12-year deal, they could navigate all of the changes in technology. And I think that's a trend that, that we're going to see more and more of because the options are, are going to be uh, ever-increasing because when companies like Amazon and Google and Facebook start doing original content, ultimately I think they're going to start looking at live programming. And sports is at the forefront. As you know as well as anybody, uh, what drove penetration for cable and satellite 25 years ago was sports. I've confessed at the altar and admitted my uh, uh, error for hot, the NHL succeeding in the South. That said, there's a couple of teams in the league. You mentioned Phoenix. They need, need a new arena. They're trying to get one. Uh, Hurricanes are struggling a bit. Uh, the Panthers a little bit. And we have some potential markets. Uh, Quebec, a great, great hockey market. Um, uh, Seattle, they seem to be bidding for two potential arenas there. In your mind, does it make more sense at some point for the NHL to relocate, expand, stay the way it is? Our plans are not to relocate. Uh, I think our franchises in Carolina and Arizona can do well where they are. Florida is doing well. It's about ownership and it's about investing in the community. How many years ago was it that people rode off Tampa Bay and, and Jeff Vinnick came in and turned things around? How many years ago was it in Chicago when the team was not getting the reception it's getting now and then Rocky Wirtz came in and made a variety of changes? Uh, I like where all of our franchises are located. Uh, I know that there are expressions of interest coming out of Seattle. Uh, they're interesting. At the present time, we're not doing anything in that regard, uh, but we always listen. Esports. Really growing fast. Yes. Uh, the NBA starting its own esports league. What do you think the potential of that is for the NHL? It's something that we've actually been focused on for the last two years, uh, and we're, our focus is on having a game that we can have tournaments on and use social media to engage our fans more, both in terms of the playing of the game of hockey and interacting as fans. Uh, and so I think that's something you'll see us do. It's not, again, about necessarily having a revenue source as it is about engaging fans and having them collaborate, if you will, to compete against each other. What is the NHL's international strategy? 
Our international strategy is to have a more regular presence. I mean, there are obviously countries like Finland and Sweden, uh, Russia, where, where hockey is the predominant sport. And that's something we're excited about. We're going to play two games in November in Sweden, regular season games. Uh, and so in those countries, we want to work with the existing infrastructure and promote hockey, have NHL players in particular from those countries come back with their teams, generate a lot of interest. Uh, so we want a more regular presence in the established hockey markets. And we want to go into some emerging markets, China being a good example. But you need to conduct events. We, we're, from a media standpoint, we're either streamed or on television in over 130 countries worldwide. We have worldwide sponsorship deals. We have some targeted sponsorship deals in particular markets. But you need to have events. And that's something we work with the Players Association on. The World Cup was a big step forward. Uh, and we're going to continue doing that. We want to make sure, listen, no matter how big the world is or how small it shrinks, we're first and foremost about our fans and our game in North America. And then we want to extend from there. And we'll be right back after this quick break. Support for the Forbes Sports Money podcast comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans, the mortgage company that decided to ask why. Why can't clients get approved in minutes rather than weeks? Why can't they make adjustments to their rate and term in real time? And why can't there be a client-focused technological mortgage revolution? Quicken Loans answered all these questions and more with Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage gives you the confidence you need when it comes to buying a home or refinancing your existing home loan. Rocket Mortgage is simple allowing you to fully understand all the details and be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or your 10th, with Rocket Mortgage you get a transparent, online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Apply simply. Understand fully. Mortgage confidently. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com Forbes. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states. NMLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. A factor that seems casual is claiming tens of thousands of LGBT lives every year. Tobacco. Yes, smoking cigarettes can damage nearly every part of our bodies. So we choose to keep this life free from tobacco. This free life. Freedom to be tobacco free. What's your take on the Winter Classic in terms of has it been a success, uh, uh, you know, in Incredible. terms of branding, right. economics, and, and what yes. might we... Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> what will we see in the future? Yeah. How many games a year, that you sort know, of thing? What do you think really works? What's interesting is if, if, if you're a commentator, and I don't mean you, and all you've done is see them on TV, you say, oh, another outdoor game. What this does, particularly in person, and it does well on TV as well, but what it, in person, it is an unbelievable event for people. As, as a fan, they say it's life-changing. To be with 40, 50, 60, 70,000 people, 100-plus thousand in Michigan in the snow, uh, our fans, our teams, and the places that we play cannot get enough of these games. They are spectacular events. And to think that regular season game can get this much attention, which it does, is nothing short of phenomenal. Our 10th Winter Classic in 10, we started in Buffalo in the snow with Buffalo playing Pittsburgh. Buffalo's going to play the Rangers at City Field, New York on New Year's Day. 
and the, the excitement about these games is palpable. I have a feeling you think my valuations for the National Hockey League teams is a bit low. Maybe... It's not a feeling. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say, maybe with Toronto, that new naming rights deal that they got is phenomenal. But, okay, so uh, what is your sense of what the median NHL team is worth? And what do you, what do you think the Hurricanes are going to sell for? We, we, we sold an expansion team for $500 million dollars. And I don't believe any of our teams is worth less. And we have some that are worth multiples of that. But, but you have some teams losing a lot of money. Las Vegas isn't going to lose money, I don't think. And, and there are baseball teams and basketball teams that sell for lots of money that are losing more money than <laughs> any of our teams. And so at the end of the day, we have to keep you closer to the game because I want to make sure you get it right. <laughs> Thank you, Gary. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was great. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Forbes Sports Money. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with a comment or question, please email us at sportsmoney at podcastone.com. That's O-N-E dot com. Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, Sessions with Randy Jackson, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sound of Success, the Dick Enberg podcast, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com. Don't miss Yosemite Mariposa County this spring. With this winter's record snowfall, the waterfalls and wildflowers will be the best they've been in years. Enjoy rafting, skydiving, ziplining, hiking, biking, museums, shopping, stargazing, or just go with the flow. Plan your trip at Yosemite.com. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. London police have arrested Julian Assange on extradition charges to the United States, as well as for violating his bail. Assange is accused of publishing classified documents through WikiLeaks. In 2010, he told Sky News he was worried about what the U.S. might do to him. The United States recently has shown that its institutions seem to be failing. Uh, They are failing to follow the rule of law. And with dealing with a superpower that does not appear to be following following the rule of law is a serious business. He also said in 2010 the U.S. officials had threatened him and those associated with him. There has been many calls by senior political figures uh, in the United States Uh, including elected ones in the Senate, uh, for my execution, uh, the kidnapping of my staff. Edward Snowden, the former security contractor who leaked classified information about U.S. surveillance programs, says the arrest of Assange is a blow to media freedom. I'm Rita Foley.